Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. They always have a big mouth. They always talk a lot. So, <laughs> it happened before. It's gonna happen again. This week's fan guest is an avid tennis player and architect living in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he just surprised his niece that he hasn't seen in person in over a year over Zoom. A very COVID era reunion. It's a family affair today on Fantastic Tennis with our player guest, Uncle Greg McMullen. Uncle Greg, thanks for helping me ambush your niece today. Thanks, John. It's always fun to do that. Do you think she was surprised? We just did this prior to the show. Yeah, I'm, we're getting good at ambushing her and uh, surprising her at times. I think she was pretty surprised. Let's see what you guys think. Sounds great. CC, you sound great. You look beautiful. It's it's going to be awesome. So, oh, he's okay. logging right now. Okay. All right. Let's meet this person. Um, you probably don't know him, but that's okay, right? Hey, Cece. Oh my God, <laughs> Uncle Greg. What? Hi. Oh man, this is fun already. I'm so excited already. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on today? Ambush. Yes, it will be. You did it, Greg. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> this is your biggest fan, CC. All good, Uncle Greg. I'm so glad you're on here. I'm so glad we get to talk. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. I love it. It's extremely hard to make money during a podcast. So I've had to resort to surprise Zoom family reunions at this point. It's a side hustle. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Greg. All right. Let's bring out your superstar niece. Our player guest today is really one of the most exciting young prospects in the sport of tennis. At 15, she shocked the tennis world by upsetting then world number 12, Dominica Sibolkova at the US Open to become the youngest American to win a match there since Mary Jo Fernandez in 1986. After turning pro, she would quickly climb the WTA ranks with huge wins against marquee players like Petra Kvitova, Svetlana Kuznetsova, Madison Keys, and Karolina Pliskova, as well as a third round appearance at both the French and the US Open, which helped her achieve a career high rank of 35 in the world. After reoccurring wrists and elbow injuries sidelined her for most of the 2018 season, she stormed back with her first third-round appearance at the 2020 Australian Open, as well as a recent ITF title this past October in Macon, Georgia, for her first title in four years. All signs point to a huge upcoming season for today's guest. Our guest is Cece Bellis. Cece, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be on. Thanks for having me. How are you? You doing okay? I'm good. I'm yeah, how are you? I'm really sorry for the ambush today. I feel like it's going to no, take- I love it. Good. We're going to have to kind of have some rapport because it's going to take a minute to get the trust back, I think, a second. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> when was the last time you guys saw each other? When was it, Uncle Greg? It was Christmas last year. Yeah, last Christmas, right? Yep. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. <laughs> All right, we're doing it. It's a Zoom reunion today. All right, before we start today's show, I, Cece, I want to ask how you're doing in the COVID era. Family okay? You're doing okay? Yeah, everyone's good. Um, everyone's staying healthy and uh, nothing too crazy, which is nice. Thumbs up. Good to hear. All right, team, before we jump into some recent tennis, we always start each show with my favorite way to start any service game. 15 love. And that's 15 love. It's a super simple game. I'm going to throw 15 questions at you, CC, and you just respond as quickly as you can with the first thing that pops into your mind. You ready? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do this. All right, number one, name the first professional match you remember watching live or on television. 
I think I remember watching Serena when I was really, really young on TV. Don't remember exactly which match though. Yeah, that's a good reference point. Uh, number two, CC, you have both a website and food blog on Instagram at CC Cooks. What's your favorite current recipe? Ooh, favorite current. Um, I've been really into making bread and bagels, things like that. Um, I feel like everyone in quarantine's been making like sourdough bread and things like that, but I've been super basic. I've done the same. It's been really fun. Banana bread. That was like the yeah. thing, right? At the start. Yeah, okay. love right. it. <laughs> Number three, what was the first nice thing you bought yourself with your tennis earnings? Ooh, I haven't gone too crazy. I think maybe just like a nice necklace or something. Uh, not that yeah. we're going anywhere, but still it's ready to be, to be worn. Yeah. Number four, first word that pops into your head. When I say the name, Sophia Kennan fighter, number five, your favorite trash TV show to watch. Ooh, um, probably keeping up with Kardashians. Yeah. Uh, number six, name someone currently on the men's or women's tour that you don't really know, but looks like they'd be a lot of fun to hang out with. Ooh, that's a tough one. I feel like I know a lot of the players, maybe like, I mean, probably like Fed or Nadal. I don't know. So yeah. I could say one hey. of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Cece, you're 21 now. Knowing all that you know now about pro tennis, can you give some advice to 15-year-old Cece? 15-year-old Cece, you're going to go through a ton of uh, injuries and sidelines for a bit, but just stay patient. Everything's going to work itself out and you're going to be back playing uh, sooner than you know it. That's right. That's right. Even better. Number eight, what was your non-tennis highlight in 2020? Non I mean, honestly, just spending more time with like my family and friends was huge because, you know, when I travel as much as I do in a normal year for tennis, you know, I don't get to do that as much. So I think that was the biggest thing. Really good. You know, pre-COVID and then also just with close family um, during COVID. I love it. Next question. You get one singles loss from your career to turn into a win instead. Which do you pick? I think it just depends. Maybe like it would have been cool to like win a couple rounds the first year at US Open or um, maybe, maybe I'm trying to think of like one of my good results. It would have been nice to like go one round further. I can't think of yeah. Again. So that maybe that Diaz matched that in that first year. Yeah. That would right. Be cool. okay. All right. We'll take that. Number 10, besides your uncle, Greg, name your most fun relative. Oh, uncle Greg's up there. I think, I mean, I love uncle Brad. He's so much fun. I talk to him all the time. I mean, my, all my aunts are really cool too. I can't really choose. That'd be too tough. Greg, what do you think? Did, yeah. Do you, does it corroborate? Are we good? <laughs> I think we're really good with that. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll stay with that. All right. Number 11, CC, name your best friend on tour. Uh, Marquetta Vondrasova. Fantastic. Number 12, name an on-court ritual or superstition. Um, on my changeovers, I like to drink water, Gatorade, and banana. And I try and I like drink it in order. I go like water, Gatorade, banana, then water. And then I like do butt kicks on my way back to like on the way up. Tennis players are so weird. I love us. We are, we are the so crazy. I'm like superstitious with other things too, just like in life and like eating and Same. stuff. It's so weird. I, yeah, I don't know why. I, yeah. I'm, I wear green for every podcast, no matter what it is. Always. It's just luck. I love anyway, that. It's weird. We're, we're weird, CC. Okay. Next so one. Fun. Describe yourself off court in just one word. Oh, Uncle Greg. What do you think on that one? Yeah, good one for Uncle Greg. Greg, name, describe CC in one word. Yeah. Uh, elegant. Oh, thank you. Wow. You're oh, welcome. wow. I like it. Number 14, <laughs> looking forward to the new season, CC. What is your number one goal for the 2021 tennis year? Um, I think just enjoy every day. And hopefully it's um, less of a COVID type year than we had this year for sure. And yeah, just try and stay as healthy as possible too.
Last one. Once you retire in 20 years, 24 years, <laughs> what do you think you'll be remembered for? 24 years. Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? Um, I think just having a really good attitude on court and being a fighter. Awesome. Awesome. Well done. A little reflection today to get the show going. So well done. Thank you guys. Yeah, That's fun. fun. All right. Um, before we jump into your fascinating career, Cece Bellis, I'd love to talk some recent tennis. Sure. Cece and Uncle Greg, can we talk off season? The Australian Open is right around the corner and fans can't wait for it. How has the off season prep been going, Cece? It's been good. Yeah, really good. Um, a lot of tough weeks as most pros have during preseason. So we're just embracing it, enjoying it as much as we can. You played a bunch of ITFs at the end of the year. So we just want to make sure you had a proper vacation. You have lots of rest. Are you doing okay? Yeah, no, I'm doing well. I actually, um, speaking of Palm Beach, as you said that you were there recently, I went there with one of my friends um, as kind of like a short off-season type trip and then took a, about a week off after that. So Good. All right. Mental break. Yeah. Mental breaks there. Mm -hmm. Australian Open is, like I said, right around the corner. Always a great event. You made your first third round this past year by upsetting Muhova. Great match for you. What memories do you have from Melbourne last year? Oh, I love Melbourne's. I think it's one of everyone's favorite destinations and, you know, swings. So, you know, definitely the food is so good there. We love just the atmosphere, my whole team. Yeah, just the vibe is awesome. The people are so nice. This past week, Roger Federer's streak of 21 consecutive Australian Opens came to an end. Uh, he's not going down to Australia. The last time he had new surgery, he won the tournament. So we were hoping that he would do the same this year. Yeah. Are you a Federer fan, Cece? Huge Federer fan. Who was your idol growing up? Kleisters was my idol growing up. Loved watching her play, just everything about her. She's awesome. Kim won't be in Melbourne, but she did say that she's going to play in 2021, which is very cool for, so for cool. everyone. Uh, have you met her yet? Uh, yeah, actually, um, when I was uh, 15 and beat Sibokova, somehow... She found out through, I don't know how, maybe I said in an interview, I'm sure I did, that she was my favorite player. And she left me a message on my phone, a voice message about how like she was so proud of me and how the match was so awesome, whatever. And then um, I think I met her like right after that. I mean, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's so cool. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. I, I would mm -hmm. think meeting your idol, there's always a letdown, but I would assume with Kim Kleisters, there's not going to be a letdown with Kim Kleisters. No, no, never. Not at all. Yeah, no. she's awesome. Uh, Uncle Greg, besides CC, who are some of your favorite players that you cheer for? Um, well, I'm always, CC's my number one, uh, always. <laughs> we, uh, we're always really interested in how Marquette is doing also. Okay. All right. So that's a family thing. They're besties, right? That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we want to support both of them. Good. Also, I'm, I'm a big Venus fan. And then I'm also on the men's side, a big Nadal fan. Yeah. Good. Respectable call. You know, Venus, Nadal, well done. All right, CC, let's talk some really recent tennis. You were back playing a full schedule during COVID starting in Lexington. You won your first title in four years at the ITF in Macon, Georgia. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Really awesome to finish up the year that way. Your fans know you've been battling injury, which we're going to touch on in a bit, but it was exciting to see you playing consecutively on the tour again. It must have felt good to be back out there. Probably nerve-wracking traveling during the COVID era too. Mm. What was that first event in Lexington like? It was crazy. I think we all didn't really know what to expect, but I had played, funny enough, an exhibition at that same site. So, you know, it was kind of nice to know, you know, the site and kind of get a vibe of, you know, where to walk, things like that. Um, I think that's like the biggest thing at tournaments is like knowing where to go. <laughs> it's like just lay of the land type stuff, but yeah. they did such a good job there. And so we all felt super comfortable and it just, you know, it definitely took time to get used to. But I think after a couple of tournaments, we were all pretty used to it. 
you had some great wins. I'll call them COVID era wins in this case, but <laughs> you beat Pagula and Lexington. Great win. Mm-hmm. Jessica Pagula is an awesome player. Oh, she's playing so well. Brangle Western Southern, you took Sabalenka to 7 5 in the third there. Second round of the US Open, losing to Jen Brady. We all saw how that run worked out for Jen. So mm-hmm. she was almost unstoppable that tournament. Yeah. You go on an eight match win streak, winning the title in Macon, beating a couple former top 20s as well, Lipchenko and Irani, really great players. It's all starting to come together again. You know, it's all it's all there. That CC Bellis train is back in motion. Lots to look forward to for next year. For sure. Were you happy with how this season ended for you? I know there was, yeah. maybe, was there an injury? Was there something I, I saw there was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, in Tyler, I, I played three matches in less than 24 hours and that was way more than um, my arm could handle at that point. So it was more for, you know, precaution and, you know, we didn't want to push it the next day type thing. And I think it was smart that we, we didn't do that because, you know, you still, I'm still nervous at some stages and things like that. So, um, yeah, it wasn't anything too serious. Just definitely overloaded it a bit with the weather there and stuff. But yeah, I had that. And then, um, I think overall it was a really great rest of the year. I had a couple good matches in Charleston too. So I was happy about that. Was that the tournament that we saw Shelby Rogers all bundled up under towels? Was it freezing cold during the, Oh yeah. Oh my God. It was so cold. <laughs> and that, that's also does not help my arm at all. <laughs> so it was a, it was a lot of obstacles for me that week. <laughs> COVID era tennis, you see, right? Come on, yeah. let's, let's get this going. Let's wear our masks and just get this <laughs> out of there. You know? Right. All right. Uncle Greg, I know you're an avid tennis player, but a little tennis birdie told me that this is not the first time you've surprised CC. Yeah. What was that story? Uh, no, this is not. <laughs> so um, I think it was in, uh, I believe, South Carolina. And I happened to see that she was going to be there and playing. So we thought we would make a trip over and watch her play and got there at the start of her match, watched her win at the end of the match. So fun. Yeah, at the end of the match, I kind of walked up behind her and said, it's always fun to see my niece win. And she screamed so <laughs> loud. So I think That's I was so almost afraid someone thought <laughs> something bad was happening. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love this family dynamic. I, I hope I'm the fun uncle. I really want to be the fun. It's important to have a fun uncle or fun aunt. Yeah, super important. That's like important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. All right, guys. Who's ready for a game? Let's have uh, let's have at it. I'd love to play a game called I 40 Love You. It'll be CC versus Uncle Greg in an uncle versus niece tennis match trivia showdown. Ooh. All about CC's career in life. <laughs> uncle Greg, I'm going to ask you two questions about CC's career. And then CC, I'm going to ask you two questions that kind of sort of have to do with Uncle Greg, but more so about okay. you. So don't worry. Okay, you'll be okay. okay. <laughs> if we happen to end up in a 2-2 tie, I'm going to give Uncle Greg the opportunity right Right now to be today's champ but only if he can answer this first question otherwise the tie break goes to Catherine cartan bellis <laughs> all right the game is called true or fault uncle greg you think you know your niece but do you really all right so uncle greg i'll give you three statements about cc if the statement is true you just say true if the statement is not correct please firmly say fault in your best Wimbledon Lions person's voice. <laughs> you need two out of three of these to win the tie break. All right, you're all set? You ready? Ready to go. All right. Question one, CC once played a US Open match where the age gap was 28 years. Is that true or fault? True. Do you know the answer to that, CC? Yeah, I, I do know that match, yeah. It was Kamiko Date Chrome in 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was 44, CC, you were 16. I was, <laughs> I was actually at that match. It was the first time really? I ever saw you play live. 
Oh, that's so cool. You played your heart out. The crowd was eating it up. They loved it. She was so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, she could be my mom out here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. You're typically the younger player in that scenario, especially like with Kim. Is it less stressful playing someone that's around your age or is it more stressful to play some of the younger players that you play junior tennis with? Um, I think it's more fun because we just know each other better. Like if Marquette and I played, we'd go out and we'd be laughing like in between points and things like that. So I think it's definitely more fun. There was drama in that match with Kimiko a little bit. I remember she hit a ball your way and it fired you up. Oh, it like hit me, right? Yeah, that was so It was weird. a while ago. Yeah. It was meant it but like I think she got a warning or something it was so weird she did it didn't seem like she meant it but you know she's you know there's uh, you know she's losing a 16 year old it was kind of (laughs) I get it I understood it too you know I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I'd never seen you play before I was like wow this girl's really good she's really good (laughs) oh thanks would you say there are more mind games and tactics in junior tennis or at the tour level events I think it's about the same, to be honest. I think there's, um, there was a lot in juniors and I thought, you know, oh, now that we have refs and every match and, uh, things like that, it wouldn't be as much in pros, but they, there are other ways that people for sure. Find we, for we've sure. seen it and we've seen a lot of, yeah. <laughs> we've seen a lot of improvisation in 2020 as well. Yeah. <laughs> you started playing these events at 15. You're 21 now. Do you feel like you've been doing this for six years or maybe does it feel like 10 years at this point? Do you feel like a veteran now? Um, in some ways I do for sure. I feel like I've been playing these tournaments for a while, but, um, I think because I was hurt, it took a lot of time off of that, those six years. So I think in a way, like, I feel like I'm restarting in a, in a way, but, um, I feel like I also know it like the back of my hand. So it's kind of the best of both. We have this new generation of Serena and Venus and Kim leading the Mm -hmm. way, leading the charge really for playing into your late thirties. Do you see yourself playing till 35? Do you have a plan that you set in motion now? Is that something you think about? I know you're still very young, but. Um, I mean, I definitely want to play into my early thirties. If my arm allows me to, that'd be amazing. Okay. We're going to freeze the soundbite when you're playing at like 44, like Kamiko. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. I feel like all the players say that they're like, Oh no, I've never, I, I remember Serena in an interview said like, they reminded her that when she was younger, she said she would never be playing this late, but I feel like that's going to happen to me. I'm going to be playing when I'm like 40 or something. <laughs> Kim retired twice. I Kim retired twice. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is great. This is a great new generation. Yeah. All right. Uncle Greg, next question. True or fault during her pro career between ITFs qualifying and pro events, CC has won two matches, six love, six love and two matches that she's won 7-6 in the third. Is that true or fault? I don't even know that one. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck to you, Uncle Greg. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to say true. Okay. All right. Would you say true too as well, if you had to guess? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that sounds like it could happen. It could, right? Yeah. It's it's actually false. Okay. It's okay. You won three matches, 7-6 in the third. Oh. Can you remember any of those 7-6 in the thirds? You just had a couple recent ones. Yeah, I did, but I can't seem to remember him actually. I love that. I'm, I was going to ask, are you the player that's going to remember the score line? Yeah, I don't remember like any of my no stats. matches, no score lines. Do you <laughs> you look at the draw? Is that something you do? Do is that a yeah yeah? Okay. I look at the draw. All right. I know some players that don't for sure. I don't. I never understood that. Is it just like a mental thing? I just yeah. need to look. Let me just see. I think so. Yeah. I think it's a mental thing. If I don't want to play CC, I don't want to play her. That's it. I don't. I'm going to look at the draw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look at the draw always. Oh man. All right. Last one. This is it. You ready, Uncle Greg? True or false? CC is quite the baker and has her own website, cccooks.com. 
She even features a unique, healthier version of a Chick-fil-A sandwich as one of her many recipes. Is that true or false for the tiebreak? I would say false. I love that you said that, though. That sounds good when you say that. <laughs> it's actually true. Oh. Well, I've been addicted. You know, I'm I'm kind of really unhappy that I found your website because there's so many good recipes, and I was like, I was doing my research, and I'm looking through all these, and I'm obviously I went right for the desserts, and I was like, oh my, God. yeah, I got lost. But I did make your balsamic Brussels sprouts. So, oh yeah, kudos to you. Awesome. Those are good. Let's talk about food for a bit. What's the food inspiration from? My mom loved to cook. She basically made every meal, you know, growing up. So I think that was how I got into it. And I just helped her in the kitchen. That's how I started. Is that your, your hobby? Are you just like yeah. buying ingredients? And yeah, I For love sure. it. Are you mm -hmm. watching any cooking shows? I love Food Network. Yeah. I'm a huge Food Network fan. I love the Great Bake Off as well. The British oh, Bake so Off. Good. But, yeah. but on Food Network, I'm really obsessed with the Kids Baking Challenge. So fun. Yeah. I, I don't you know, know how to do that stuff. I have no idea. You see this eight-year-old kid and he's making brioche and you're like, what the hell? I can do that. I can, oh and then you go and you, and you can't do it. I never can. So yeah. see, I never can do it. So funny. Oh, it's not that funny. It's kind of sad. <laughs> you probably don't know this, but Cece has won a cooking competition. Oh, I don't. That's a good one. What? Where was this? What was this? This was the great pie challenge. Of, oh my uh... God. <laughs> <laughs> These great, are the anecdotes the I great... want. These are the family tidbits that I'm hoping for on Uncle Greg, this is the dirt. This is the dirt. So what's the pie? What was it? <laughs> the great family. I'm trying to remember. It was the great pie challenge of, I think, what, 2012 or 13, if I remember right. I think it was earlier than that, Uncle Greg. Was it? I think so. Yeah. So Cece and her cousin John had a little bake-off challenge and, and Cece won. So. That's fun. I've probably had about 10 of those and I've lost everyone in, in the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Never works out for me though. <laughs> There's so much fun. All right. You didn't win the tiebreak, Uncle Greg, but you can still win the game. Okay. So buckle in. We have a couple questions. All right. First question for you, Cece. You were a tennis phenom and won junior tournament after junior tournament. And ultimately you'd win the 2014 National USTA 18s event at 15 years old, and you become the youngest winner since the legend Lindsay Davenport in 1991. The event would earn you a wild card into the US Open, and it would catapult your career. I know you're thinking, yeah, I know all of this already because this is my life. Yeah, get to it. But can you name the player that you actually played several times in juniors that won the USTA 18s event the following year? The following year? Um, it wasn't Sonia, was it? It was. Yeah. Good job. It was. Oh, okay. Got it. You're on the board. All right, Cece, <laughs> you had such a storied junior career. You were the ITF world champion in 2014, number one in the world. You've become one of those rare players that have been successful at both junior and the senior level. How'd you start tennis? What was your tennis journey like? We heard Uncle Greg, obviously your mom is his sister. Is that the relationship? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So probably if she's yeah. playing tennis, that's probably where you Yeah, started. that's kind of how I got into it for sure. So take us back there. How did you just started playing young and you played with your mom? Yeah, I played with my mom. I like started at my country club, like when I was really, really little, I think I hit my first ball when I was like four or something. And then I played my first uh, junior NorCal, like tiny tournament when I was seven, I think. And then, but I still played like a million sports until I was maybe 11 or 12. And then I just focused on tennis after that. So you just started winning and it was like, all right, I'm good at this and I love it. And and this is going to be, let me see how this far this takes me. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. 
you got to that French Open doubles final with Marquetta too. That must have been, that's a good memory, right? Oh, so much fun. Yeah, we had a great time that week. The media always places so much expectation on the next young tennis prodigy. Was that something you felt or have you settled in now? Was that a big moment in your career where you're you're winning all these matches and the, the media and the spotlight was getting heavy? Um, I think the only time that it was a lot for me was after I played Sibokova because I had never experienced it. And it was just kind of all at once. And it was just crazy for sure. But yeah, I've definitely settled in now. I think it's, you know, kind of a normal thing. You trained early in your career with a former player, former top 100 player, Monique Gaber. Such great experience working with someone that's been there and knows exactly what it feels like. How important is a great team on tour to be surrounded by good people? Oh my gosh, it's everything. You know, I mean, when you're on the road for however many weeks each year, it's so important that you have a team around you that you trust, that you like, you know, as friends too, and that you can have fun. I think that's the most important thing is just, you know, making sure that you guys get along really well. And uh, I have such a good team around me and I feel so lucky that everyone that I have is around me right now. Positive energy is important, right? Just to, so important. Keep, just to yeah. propel you. We mentioned Sophia. You actually played her five times in juniors <laughs> and you even played junior Fed Cup with her as well. Definitely a fighter. I'm sure you were a thousand percent happy when she won her Grand Slam in Australia. And she'll, oh my God, yeah. and she'll be equally as happy for you when you win your Grand Slam. <laughs> but I'm trying to understand the psyche of a professional athlete in such a competitive sport. Are there moments like that one when you see someone that you've beaten several times and you've competed with and grown up with where their results really motivate you to keep training? Or is it something more like fuel where you say, if she can do it, I can do it too. What's more of the the mentality? I think, you know, I don't think of it really either way. I'm just super happy for her. And I think, you know, I was out for so long and I didn't really have a chance to play in a ton of Grand Slams, obviously zero during the time that I was out. So I think it's, it's taken me time to get back into the pro tour and I'm just ready to get back into my top form next year and hopefully, hopefully go really deep in slams. Hopefully, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Question two. Okay, Uncle Greg, this is your first one. We all remember how CC showed up to that 2014 US Open and won over a stadium full of fans, defeating then world number 12, Dominica Sibulkova in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uncle Greg, this is just a quick test of your WTA knowledge. Who won the 2014 US Open women's title that year Ooh. by defeating Caroline Wozniacki in the final? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> give me a hint, Cece. Um, it's the sister of your favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess that, but it seems to make a lot of sense. We'll go with Serena. I mean, process of elimination, right? I mean, she she only has a hundred of them. So yeah, that was good. Yeah. Right, yes, it's Serena Williams. She did win that title that year. Cece, that's typical of a match. We just chatted about it. It was awesome. What do you remember from that day? What was that atmosphere like? Oh my God. It was so insane. Um, as like a 15 year old going into that, I'd never played in front of that many people for sure. Um, just at some big junior tournaments when they have, you know, a good crowd come out, but it was nothing like, I mean, I just remember every stand on that stretch of three courts, plus the whole Arthur Ashe stadium stairs going down like the bar, everyone, everyone around it. It was so, it was so much fun. I had such a great time that day. That's the fun part about tennis, right? You get to yeah. play in front of all these. That's That's been the sad part of the COVID era. That's why everyone is so worried about players like Serena. And, you know, you kind of get used to it. I mean, after a while, right? It's not optimal, but, you know, that's just how it works. Right. But it's so much more fun mm-hmm. when you're playing in front of a stadium of people like that. Oh, for sure. We talked about it for a second. It took a minute to get acclimated to the autographs and the photographs. 
was that something you had to kind of talk to someone or just kind of process? Was there a, was there a learning curve for you after that? Yeah. I mean, I, I work with a mental skills coach at USTA, um, pretty much once or twice a week. And, you know, I started working with him, I think right around that time. So he was able to help me through that a lot. And then also, yeah, it just took me a little bit of time to get used to, as I'm sure every pro goes through the same thing. So I think it's just getting used to the kind of lifestyle of once you play your match, you have to do media right after a type of thing. Whereas in juniors, um, there's nothing like that. So love hearing that. You know, I grew up in an era where you had Jennifer Capriati was Mm -hmm. the CC Bellis of my generation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was all, all the media attention on her. And I'm sure she didn't have that support system like you did growing up. And I love the evolution of how junior tennis and how young players have evolved on tour. So I I love hearing that. I'm sure a lot of people are going to love hearing that. You actually played Serena before as well. We mentioned Serena. She won that US Open. That must have been very cool. I'm sure when you admit to people that you're a tennis player and you tell them, that's probably the first question they ask you. Have you played Serena? Yeah. Yeah. When you ask like a normal, where when you're talking to a person that doesn't play tennis, I was about to say a normal person. <laughs> when you ask <laughs> you talk to a person that doesn't play tennis, the first and you say that you're a professional tennis player, they're like, Oh my God, have you played Serena? And I was like, Yeah, like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you played her a long time ago in her favorite tournament in Miami. I mean, that where else can you play her? Either Wimbledon or or Miami or or crazy places. What was that experience like? Crazy, right? So crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was, I don't even remember anything from the match. Honestly, it was, <laughs> it just felt like it went by like that. I think, I feel like as someone so young going into that match, it was just so tough for me playing someone that I'd watched, you know, for countless years. I'm, I'm the first player I ever even watched on TV. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. Oh, I love that feeling. I could just imagine mm-hmm. where you say, oh, you see the draw and it's like, oh, I'm playing Serena. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I love it. Oh my gosh, I know. But you've played actually a lot of former number ones in your career already, in your young career. You've played Venus. Uh, that must have been a tough one for you, Uncle Greg. That, w- that was a tough one, I'm sure. <laughs> no, that wasn't actually. Never any question there. Okay, good. All right, there you go. Right answer. <laughs> so you played Venus, you played Kerber, Muguruza, Halep, Pliskova, Wozniacki, Barty. Azarenka, so many number ones. Do you treat bigger matches differently or are they just a part of the process now for you? Yeah, I think just a part of the process. I think, you know, through anyone's career, playing at a high level, Grand Slams, things like that, you're going to play them countless times per year. And there are so many in the draw now because women's tennis is so deep. So I think it's just something you have to get used to. And um, yeah, I think treating every match the same is important just so that, you know, you're super engaged in a match when you maybe you're playing 50 in the world compared to one in the world. So tougher match for you, Kim Clijsters or playing Marquetta? Um, I think I'd have, Oh, I don't know. I'd have a lot of fun with both. I don't know. I think I'd, I'd really enjoy both. Okay. <laughs> I love the attitude. I'll have a lot of fun with both. All right. You're, <laughs> you're get a thumbs up for that. I know recreationally still for me, I get nerves during matches. That's what I love about tennis. Yeah. Do you remember a match, maybe playing one of those former number ones that we just mentioned, or where you just said, man, this is surreal, or maybe not even against one of those players. It could have been a match that you played and you said, you know what, I'm I'm so nervous right now and I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to just, you know, reassess after this match. Is there something that comes to mind? I mean, when I played Serena, I was yeah. extremely nervous. I think that was the most nerves I've ever felt ever in a match. And to this day, it's the most nerves I've ever felt. I think that was the most surreal a match has ever been for me. 
we love hearing that pros get nervous too. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. We all do all the time. It's our common tennis bond, CC. Yeah. One last question about Serena. Cause I'm just like grooving now about Serena. I'm picturing like oh, myself yeah. playing Serena. Is it that, is it that first game? Is it just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I win the first game. I'm in this. I mean, that first set was pretty close. It was, I think it was six, three, but you know, it, do you remember? I obviously you don't remember much, but I'm just like picturing you hold serve. Do you remember if you won the first game? Were you up? No, I don't. I lost. Uh, I did not get three games <laughs> in the first. <laughs> and I appreciate the confidence, but no, I don't remember at all any part of the match. I was so nervous. I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it literally went by in a snap. I don't remember any part of it. <laughs> all right. Till the next time we meet again, CC. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let's get to question three. This one's also for you, Uncle Greg. It's your last question, but I'll make it multiple choice for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Uncle Greg, you mentioned surprising CC at that ITF tournament in Sumter, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So how about a question about some of CC's great tournament wins over the years? CC won that ITF event that you surprised her at to capture her fourth of eight career titles. And most recently, that great run in Macon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know your niece is a big match player. She had to beat some big opponents in a lot of those events. Which of the following Grand Slam champions has CC defeated in the finals of a tournament? Was it A, Sophia Kennan, B, Bianca Andreescu, C, Iga Svantec or D Naomi Osaka. Um, I'm thinking it was Andrescu in uh, Canada. He's on it. He's on it. Yeah, Uncle Greg's back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, great win against Andrescu. Who's going to be back in Australia after a very long layoff? We're all very excited. The tennis world can't wait to see how she does. Welcome back, Bianca. CC. Really, not long after turning pro, you started racking up the wins on tour. What were those early years like on tour? Did you travel with your mom? I think once I turned pro when I was 17, uh, my parents started traveling with me less and less. And they would maybe just come to like Grand Slams or big tournaments like that, but not as much to smaller tournaments. After your big win against Sibokova at the US Open, you started building confidence and you started beating the world's best week in and week out. You have wins against Radwanska, Keys, Kiki Burton's at the French Open. Crazy, that's her best. Suarez Navarro, Kvitova, Pliskova, we mentioned to name a few. What do you consider your best win on tour? Whew, um, my best win? I mean, I don't know. I think uh, when I played Pliskova, she was playing so well that year. Um, I think that was a really good win for me. Um, but also, I mean, Kiki Burton's on clay. Is, she's so tough. tough. Yeah. I don't know. Those are two good ones. Was there a match maybe on a different level that you remember just feeling, you know, wow, I can't believe I turned that match around. That was one of those matches that just built, you know, the CC Bellis empire for the future. Is that, can you remember one of those matches? Like in juniors or? Any, anytime, maybe anytime on the ITF, or it doesn't have to be against a former number one player in the world, but was there, you know, I think a lot of people just don't really know that you're traveling week in and week out and playing three matches in two days. Like you said, was there one of those matches where you woke up mm-hmm. and said, you know, I'm not feeling well. And I, 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 you persevered. Is there something that kind of springs to mind about one of those matches? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, the ITF level is so hard in general. I feel like every match is such a grind. So I think, Every player, even if they're not ranked as high in an ITF tournament, they're going to show up when um, they're playing, you know, a, a name player or a high, higher ranked player. So I think you have to be so focused in every match on the on the pro circuit level. But 
I don't know if I can think of one that's popping out right now. It's not your forte. You don't like to do yeah. it anyway. You don't think back on that. You like to think <laughs> you're a forward thinker, CC Bellis. I like it. All right. Quick question about doubles before we move on to the next question. I know you don't play a lot of doubles, but you do have a quarterfinal badge from Wimbledon in 2017, which thousands of players can say that they don't have. You've only played five doubles matches since 2016, all with your buddy Marquetta. Are we going to see you playing a little more doubles if you're healthy this upcoming season? Yeah, for sure. Um, Marquetta and I have planned some tournaments. Definitely. Um, we just kind of want to figure out like all the COVID stuff and, and everything yeah. beforehand, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely play in the new year. Well, you knew where she's been. That's good. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the first step. That's first base. All right. Last question for you, CC. All right. In 2017, it was an amazing year for you. It saw you not only achieve a career high of 35 in the world, but also two top 10 wins, your first premier event quarterfinal in Dubai, and you were awarded the prestigious 2017 WTA newcomer of the year award. Here's your question. The list of winners for that award is legendary. Which of the following previous WTA Newcomer of the Year award winners did you not beat in 2017? Ooh. Was it A, Petra Kvitova, B, Daria Gavrilova, C, Aggie Radwanska, D, Svetlana Kuznetsova, or E, Elise Cornet? In 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In 2017 is when I was 18. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Greg, do you know this one? Um, I would I would have guessed because Nets was a... No, I think that was when I was 18. I know I beat um, Cornet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kuznetsova. Kvitova was one of them. Yeah. I know all those were when I was 18. What were the other two? It's Kvitova, Gavrilova, Redwanska. And by the way, this is for the win. If you get this right, you win the game. Okay, so I've I've narrowed it down to uh, Radwanska and who was the other one? Cornet. Cornet. No, I definitely played Cornet that year. Gavrilova. Oh, Gavrilova. No, I, I played Gavrilova in, uh, was that in 2017? Yeah, that was in 2017. I, I'm going to say Radwanska. I love how you process it though. I love, it's like, do you know who you beat when you were a certain age? That's kind of, I like that. Oh, I, tough, I yeah. like it. All right. It was a trick question. Don't hate me. I know we've lost. I played all of them that year. You played all of them that year, but. I knew it. I knew it. But only one of them didn't win the newcomer of the year award. They all won. Oh, it. which one won newcomer of the year? All of them won except for Cornet. So that's the answer. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to get that one. All right. It's okay. It's all right. But also, can I just say that award, super prestigious. We have Venus, Serena, Hingis, Capriati, Kleisters, all Sharapova, Osaka, all of them former newcomer of the year. So great company there. Well done on that one. You yeah, that was so cool. Thank you. Well deserved. 2017, CC, you have a stellar season. You break the top 40. 2018, you start the year making another great run at the quarters in Doha, losing to Halep. And then after Miami, you take an injury timeout, and it's something you've been dealing with for several years now. Can you share with us your injury journey? I know it must have been so frustrating going through this and starting and stopping and what you've gone through. I know at one point you were even told by a doctor that you wouldn't be able to play again. Yeah, I mean, the long story is pretty boring. The short one is basically that (laughs) I'd been having wrist pain for um, about a year before I really got it totally checked out by a wrist specialist, which I ended up getting the surgeries with. And he found, you know, a bunch of things wrong, a couple of tears. He had to shorten my bone. And then I had an elbow surgery to remove some bone spurs. So it was definitely tough. They're all pretty like consecutive, which I guess was good. I wouldn't have wanted like too much time in between. I guess it 
shorten the time, but um, it definitely felt like a while and a long period of time going through that for sure. But I think, you know, it taught me a lot during that time. And I feel like I matured a lot during that time too. So I'm ready to kind of be back on a normal schedule this year. And probably appreciate it more too. You know, your time on court, you know, all those hard training hours and you're like, you know what? I I could maybe not be here. This is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. Really great. All right, guys, that was the game. Well done. You were tied one, one, the tiebreaker went to CC. So CC is today's champion. (laughs) Greg, well done. I love it. Well done guys. All right. We have one last thing for today. We're going to close our show with a fan mail question for you, CC. You've got mail. Harrison from San Francisco, California writes, CC, I was in the stands when you beat Yelena Ostapenko at the Bank of the West Classic. You got emotional after that win since you had just been hit in the eye during the previous match. Two questions. After a scary injury like that, do you ever think about it during matches? And two, did you think she aimed for you on purpose? And did she ever apologize? Yeah, that was such a fluke of a, I was playing doubles the day before. And, um, one of the players, like I literally, she had an overhead on top of the net and I was like mm-hmm. standing off the court. Like there was no reason for her to go. And she hit me straight in the eye. And I'm just like, what just happened right now? It was so crazy. It was terrible. She did apologize during the match and stuff. And then the funny thing was, is when I was playing Ostapenko, she, was coaching her. So that was the funny thing about the situation. Plot twist, CC. I know, right? It was so crazy. That week she was coaching us Panko. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. But um, yeah, wait, sorry. What was the question? I got totally sidetracked. That was good. I mean, do you ever think about it in matches? I mean, obviously not in doubles because you don't play double. You haven't played doubles much, but uh, I mean, is there ever a moment where you think about an in- maybe even an injury in general? Is that obviously you have a, a history of injury now it, when you're on the court, do you ever have those matches where you can just play freely and not think about it? Cause I'm sure I've, we've all been injured. We're all tennis players, right. you know, uncle Greg, I'm sure you have too. We all play tennis. So we all get those, those injuries, but um, are you playing mentally free now where you can be on the court and not think about the wrist or the elbow or the eye or. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, during matches, I never really thought about my wrist too much or my elbow, just, you know, obviously if it was hurting me, I would, but if I was playing pain free and I knew that it was kind of there, I, I don't think I ever really thought about it just because the adrenaline and I think uh, players just get so focused in matches that they kind of lose sense of everything else going on. But yeah, I can definitely play free now. Last question, Uncle Greg, any question for your elegant niece, CC <laughs> Bellis? Are you going to share your sourdough bread recipe anytime soon? <laughs> oh my God, for sure. I'll ship some up to you, Uncle Greg. That would be awesome. <laughs> Oh, guys, what a fun hour. So glad we could have this little reunion with you both. I want to thank my guests for joining us today. We learned a lot. You can find Uncle Greg McMullen on Facebook. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for joining today. Thank you. Enjoyed it, John. I'm glad we got to pull this off. Our guest today can be found on Instagram and Twitter at CC Bellis. I can't thank you enough, CC. Thank you. Thank you. That was so much fun and such a nice surprise with Uncle Greg. And don't forget to check out her personal food blog on Instagram at CC Cooks and her website at cccooks.com. That's chock full of recipes. Try that balsamic Brussels sprouts, everybody. Make sure you do that. <laughs> and while you're on Instagram, please follow us at Fantastic Tennis Pod or on Twitter at Fan Tennis Pod. My name is John Garica, and thank you for listening. This has been fantastic. <laughs>